it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hey, Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just head over to www.staycozyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters and much, much more. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at staycozyclothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Hey, this is Baz Black and you're listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Be whoever makes you happy, not what makes other people happy. Well, load the dishwasher with my ass, boys. Welcome to Hashtag WBW. Way Back Wednesday. And these are the chronicles of Baz Black. Why Baz this week, Jamie? First off, before why I explain Baz, loading your ass, loading the dishwasher with your ass is the most horrendous mental image I've ever had in my life. Could you imagine with a pan, pan, <laughs> pan lids, with pan lids, pan um, handles would be absolutely fine. Uh, maybe pan lid actually pan lid would be absolutely okay fun. when you get to plates then you're struggling oh what about glass oh yeah but if you get oh wine glasses would be fine because they've got a nice thin stick um but yeah to get to actual glasses yeah you could be yeah. a bit stuck there so good luck with that oh, you could just go the lip go the lip of the glass there you do go. the lip yeah anyway baz black why baz black this week well, there is no connection to this week's guest. The reason we're bringing him back is because he's a handsome son of a bitch. We love him and we want to bring you this interview because it's amazing and yeah. Baz is amazing. Yeah, this is great. The only thing that annoys me and frustrates me about this interview is my audio is fucking shit. And oh, with yeah, how great the interview is and how great the conversation was, and I'm like... <laughs> it's just not great. I'm not happy about it. But it's this interview is fucking wonderful. Um, and I was actually really proud of my little rant that I, I went on um, 
because some it's one of those things where you you know you start going up on those ranks but i tend to be like yeah well she's a fucking bitch then i told her that the chimney wasn't really working properly and to get a wheelbar up there it was really hard with mushrooms so yeah exactly because my train of thought just goes off so but no baz is just the genuine most wonderfulest person in the world uh he's a piercer he's a director he's an actor he owns Sherlock productions um, you just go and check out Reflection, go check out Mero, it's won a shit ton of awards. And of course, his most recent uh, movie that he has just finished filming, Dublin Crust. Go and follow Dublin underscore crust underscore movie on the Instagram. If you're a fan of Father Ted, there's a lot of people from that TV show in this film. Uh, and I'm quite excited about it. It's all about an Irish punk rock band. It's, it looks amazing. It does. And the other thing I love about this conversation as well is anyone that's seen Baz, the man, apart from the front of his face, is covered head to toe in tattoos. I think he looks fucking awesome. But obviously, he's had to deal with a lot of adversary back because of that. So this is where these guys come into play. Because stamping out prejudice, hatred, intolerance and everything. Baz has had to deal with a lot of shit because of his appearance. And we, we talk about that quite extensively in this interview as well. Because, you know, Baz is a big advocate for mental health and whatnot. So, again, ties in a lot with these guys so yeah this is wonderful and i really appreciate baz for opening up to two complete strangers okay we know him pretty well now but when we first spoke to him we were two complete strangers and he literally just poured his heart out and love you it was a, it was beautiful um and i could listen to him talk all day every day yeah those beautiful literally irish dorsets are incredible could just listen to him speak that it's just yeah um so very very excited to get this re- risk get risk released very excited to eventually meet you in the future, my friend. And uh, very, very excited to for everyone to hear this because it's just a genuinely wonderful interview. I'm so fucking sorry about my audio. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine to podcast with one of Bill and Ben the flat, Pat. Jamie! Yes, sir! Any of those words of yours that you tend to speak quite often are final at all? They are. They're, these final words are going to say, Mr. Baz Black, we love you. Thank you so much for doing this. And we can't wait to sit down with you again in the future. Absolutely. Baz, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule uh, to sit down with us, talk to us, hang out with us, and just have a bit of a chinwag. It was very, very enjoyable. Everyone, get this downloaded, listen to it, and fucking enjoy it, and tell all your friends about it, because it's just great. Who doesn't like listening to Katie Hopkins get slammed every now and again? Ladies and gentlemen, these are the Chronicles of Baz Black. Good. How are you? Um, not too bad. I'm okay. Dude, what the... What is that background? Oh, my <laughs> days. <laughs> that is quite the collection. That is yeah, insane, man. What fucking out taller than that? Holy fuck. It goes the whole way around the room, so... Um, yeah. If, if my wife had her away, they'd be in the bin, but I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm old school. <laughs> I know, I love it, because obviously if the internet just dies, what are you going to do then? Because obviously everything's online now, so... Exactly, yeah. And there's always that obscure film that you can't find online that I dig out every now and again. (laughs) It's amazing. I think there's one that you can't get in the UK at all, which is a Les Nielsen movie, which I love, but you literally can't get it anywhere. Wrongfully Accused? Oh, yeah, I don't have it. (laughs) Oh, dude. I'd be like, where? Tell me your secrets, Philip, you don't have it. Yeah, yeah, great film, though. Oh, would, you actually, would you actually know where to look for a certain DVD? Yeah, I have OCD, so like um, 
they're not alphabetized, but they are a genre. So like, you know, you have your horror section, your comedy section, your action and, you know. That's amazing. Written break section. Man, <laughs> man after my own heart. I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm the same with my, I buy vinyl records and mine are all in like album release order. So all the bands are together with the, the, the year the album came out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I totally feel that. Yeah, I, I would definitely know where they all are. And uh, my sister-in-law was over one night and just to piss me off, she said that she swapped a disc with another disc and didn't tell me. No. <laughs> yeah so i found out though i found out i was gonna <laughs> say that. did you find it that's a year my life gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh jamie but what we normally do is i just do a little intro and then as we tom said on facebook we hurl a bunch of questions at you yep, sounds good sounds like a and plan it's not as invasive as it sounds <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we haven't got to the interview yet. <laughs> I'm pretty brain dead after uh, pitching today, but I'll try my best. <laughs> oh, bless him. That's all right. It's very lighthearted. We literally would just we just chill, have a laugh, have a chat. It's not like, you know, because <laughs> I imagine like some interviews you do, obviously, people at the top are like, make sure you ask this question and make sure you ask that question. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> we're just like, you know, I don't know, what's like for dinner on a Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have we asked that question? Yeah, absolutely. We've never asked that question, but it's just the first thing that came to our mind. <laughs> Wonderful. You're pain in the ass. Right. Ladies and gents, on today's show, we have a man who spins so many plates, I'm amazed that one of them isn't circus performer, quite frankly. This man is a business owner, a piercer, a drummer, an actor, a movie maker, a model, an author, a personal trainer, and he's even tried his hand at stand-up comedy. Not only that, but the man has one of the most inspiring mindsets I've ever heard. On top of all this, he also is openly a fan of Little Mix. Welcome to the show, Mr. Baz Black. That is some introduction. Wow. To sum it up, it's jack of all trades, master of none, really. But you know, <laughs> it's just insane, dude. I was reading up on you. I was like, is there anything this man can't do? Where does he find the time to actually like live? <laughs> yeah, I I like to keep busy, I suppose, and uh, yeah, keep my finger in all the pies. I can't believe you saw me out on the little mix, though. Wow, my reputation <laughs> hey, is ruined. I'll, I'll admit, power is of anger. It's it's a great <laughs> tune. I won't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm he won't. Sorry, <laughs> um, Baz man. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for all the love on social media we've given us today. You are the first person in a year and a half that's ever done that, so yeah. that means the world to us. Thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. No problem at all. No, yeah. I mean, I'm shocked that people don't do it in general. You have to support each other and you know give each other shout outs and stuff. So, my man, yeah. my man. But still, how has your last year been, man? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's the, the loaded question. Um, yeah, it's been, it has been good and, you know, I've tried to stray, stay as creative as possible. Um, I used the lockdown as an excuse to do a lot of writing. I got my feature film script done, which is great. I was lucky enough to be on a big enough production that had all the COVID protocols that was still filming through a lot of it. Otherwise I would have cracked, cracked up completely. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's had its ups and downs. It is really tough. So much has moved and pushed out and so many projects have gone away. Um, but just trying to stay as creative as possible and make things work the best we can, really. 
That's good. I mean, that's good that you were able to stay busy throughout it all because obviously half, it's like half of the people managed to still do whatever it was they were doing and keep going. And the other half were literally like, I am losing my mind. Yeah, there was, there, was, there was a few of those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. But then... Um, I'm not surprised because like most of the things that I've listed that you do all involve like being out and about and around people and things you can't do during a lockdown. Yeah, it was so tough. And I'm, I think the biggest adjustment was I'm always so busy with so many things and I kind of thrive off the, the stress of it a little bit and, you know, always busy. And I definitely do have a touch of ADD, I think. So, you know, sitting still is not my forte. Um, so I did have to adjust as best that I could and just yeah. try to put the creative aspects into something different than what I would normally be, be doing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, so many people had it way worse, you know, than me. So like, you know, I don't like to complain about it too much, but, but even it, like with the Pearson work and that, and that's my bread and butter in between the filament and everything that all went away. So, you know, it is tough when there's, there's no money coming in on that side. So yeah, big adjustment for everybody. Oh, absolutely, man. But I mean, other than obviously with the, the filmmaking and the writing and everything, did you like learn a new skill or teach yourself anything whilst being locked away? A uh, new skill or teach myself? No, not no. really. No. no, it was just mainly um, it was working on the, the feature script um, was my main kind of, you know, getaway or my, my pastime um, and just, you know, try to maintain exercise. And then, like I said, I was filming for quite a lot of it as well so you know it wasn't just sitting at home completely bored all the time <laughs> i might just learn italian today <laughs> <laughs> i should have i should have learned tried to learn a new skill but didn't happen ah don't worry about it you have plenty of other things going on man i you know i don't blame you at all what about you guys did you learn anything new uh, i mean i moved to wales well that's um, something new. yeah and <laughs> got a brand new job that I'm working on opticians now, so like they've obviously been open the entire time. Um, so that was quite nice, I was followed for a very long time. So I worked for a holiday company before, and it wasn't pleasant. So uh, not really, I should have done more, but I'll be honest, I just focus on this more than anything else. Okay, brilliant. Are you gonna learn Welsh? I mean, I've read it all my days. It's like someone tripped over carrying a box of Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> a good description. I like yeah. that. <laughs> It's like, it's a Y-A-A-L-D-Y. That's cat, mate. That's cat, that is. <laughs> what thing, you, Jamie? Uh, oh, to that, I, I, no, I didn't really learn anything. No. For the first lockdown, I did a bunch of housework stuff, and then I got a new job where I was working all the time because I'd now work in a hospital, and obviously they're definitely not closed. So, yeah, yeah not really. Like, like the same as Thomas, I've been putting all my energy and effort into this. So Yeah, but one thing I saw you did do during the lockdown was um, a video of yours called Loot, which was absolutely fucking hilarious. That made um, me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, there's kind of a bittersweet, like, story behind that because um, uh, my dog of 15 years passed away uh, during the first lockdown. Oh, um, and we were absolutely, like, devastated. My whole family were. And we were so devastated the next day that I was just like, I need to do something. And I'd kind of been toying with an idea of doing like a little lockdown, you know, video. And like I said it to my wife, I was like, I want to go film something. She was like, you know, are you crazy? You know, because we were all so upset. And then to try and yeah. film comedy was just like, 
a strange thing, but I just needed to, I needed to like get out of the house. I needed to do something, be creative and not just sit there thinking about it, you know? So that's actually where that comedy video came out of. Um, but yeah, it was just something fun. And at the time, I mean, the whole thing is about, you know, the, the toilet paper being sold out and the pasta, everyone was fighting each other <laughs> over those items. So that's what the whole little comedy thing was about. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry about your dog, man. That's rubbish. Yeah, it was just it was a tough time, but try and feed it into the creativity of something else, you know. I say laughter is the best medicine. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so. strange. Um, it was really strange. And then actually, um, the day after that um, was my audition for Kin, which is the new TV series that I'm on with Aidan Gillen. Um, and I was still like, you know, devastated over losing my dog. And um, I did the self-tape audition and it, it was like, I know every actor is self-critical, but it was horrendous. Like it was shit. But I sent it in anyway. And then I know the cast and director pretty well over the years. And I, I messaged her like a few days later and I was like, like, I never do this. I'm like, I'm really sorry. But I explained the situation, you know, I just had like my dog had died. I just wasn't into it. And a fair play to her. She let me film it again. And I ended up getting the, the part then from that second tape. So oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. That's really that's good of him. Incredible. Everything happens for a reason, you know. I like to be Abs absolutely bad. I completely agree with you. I'm whole I'm all about that. All about fate and everything happens for a reason, that sort of thing. Like, you know. So uh, by the way, how did your production meetings go today? Uh, yeah, they went I mean, <laughs> they went I hope they went well. Um so I met with five different production companies and each one of them requested the script. So that's a you know, a bonus or a positive thing yeah. out of it. Um, you know, it's quite stressful and it was five separate meetings with five different production companies so it was like two hours and trying to oh. pitch and trying to keep up that momentum and that level of enthusiasm and you know um but yeah it, se it seemed to go well and it, it was so nice like i suppose stroking the ego or just breaking the ice that um two or three of them recognized me from stuff that i've done in acting so it was nice that they kind of knew who i was and it wasn't just a stranger coming in and stuff you know so that's positive that's yeah, really cool yeah, i bet by the last meeting you were sick of the movie yourself <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> the film, this happens. Cheers. See ya. <laughs> really, your fucking self. That's it. Done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. I mean, as you know, it's a stressful thing to to be pitching, and especially over Zoom, it's so much easier in the room, face to face. You know, you can. I think you can um, get so much more across when you're actually in the room with them and over zoom it's a it's a little bit tougher i think to win over the room but yeah hopefully fingers crossed anyway they, well, they everything crossed you, man, it? yeah absolutely right so as i said in the intro you spin a stupid amount of plates but what was the original plan for you what what did little baz want to be when he grew up <laughs> little baz um <laughs> always a drummer and um, that was my my main thing, like if you ask my mother, I, I've been drumming since the age of three, three or four um, and grew up with my cousins and they always had a band, a garage band. So just grew up and I was playing drums all my life. So I just wanted to be like a little punk rock drummer. And uh, I've been in bands since I was 10. I don't think I've ever not been in a band. I'm in three bands at the moment and um, drumming. So yeah, it was always the drumming aspect. And then um, later on, then it was the fascination with, you know, tattoos and piercings and that all came through the music as well. Mm. Um, and then as soon as I 
physically could like I started getting pierced and and then that led into tattoos as well so so yeah musician first definitely so why can't I find amongst the wolves on Spotify because I tried to find you and I couldn't find you anywhere good question because the bass player um just quit the band he just had a kid uh back in October and um yeah he made the decision to quit the band so while we were deciding what was going on with the band, because all our gigs obviously with COVID was postponed and everything, um, we just decided to take it down for now until we evaluate, evaluate what we're going to do. So, But I'll, right. I'll send it on to you. I'll send it on to you. Yes, please. Because I, I love the whole Celtic rock, uh, like Celtic stuff with punk rock, like Jockey Murphy's and Flogging Molly. So I it just works so well. And I just was desperate to check you out because I really want to listen to it. So that would yeah, be yeah. wonderful. Thank you, sir. I'll send that on. No problem at all. So I knew about two bands you're in. There's, I knew about that, and I knew about the Prodigy Band. What's the other yeah. one? So the the newest one is a band called Stone Trigger, and they're more like kind of Motley Crue, kind of Ooh. glam rock kind of mm. stuff. And um, they were actually they're out on tour in America with Steel Panther. Um, they tour a lot of in in LA and Europe. Um, so they're pretty well established. They've been gone for six years. Um, so. I'm I'm drawing with them now as well, so you know, just to add it into the pot. <laughs> oh, man. That's absolutely amazing. Again, where you can, I just I don't know how you do it. However, whatever your secret is, can you send that over as well? <laughs> send it on, yeah. Really I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know. Like from the outside, you know, looks can always be deceiving, and it looks like you know you're doing amazing and you're doing this and you're doing that. But I mean, I don't. I never feel like. I'm accomplishing enough, like, you know, it's, um, and I think I learned over the years, part of my problem, like, I was never diagnosed with ADD, but I do tend to jump from projects to projects, you know, and I need to focus myself to concentrate on one or two things and not be kind of jumping around. So I'm in, in later life, I'm learning to do that a little bit better, you know? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That, that, yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. But I mean, uh, so you said you started out with drumming and then you got into piercing and you got into tattooing. Mm -hmm. So you're a PT as well. Yeah. Um, like, well, that, that was through martial arts. Um, I, my dad owned a karate club in Navin, so I started very young training in karate. And then from there I went into boxing and kickboxing. And then uh, it was jiu-jitsu. So I ended up being on the European team for jiu-jitsu. So I was training and... And then <laughs> I <laughs> just, just casually mentioned this. Yeah, but, um, I, I was teaching then in three clubs um, as well. At one point I was training six nights a week in jiu-jitsu. And then through that then, because I was training um, so much in the martial arts, it kind of led into me qualifying then as a, a PT. So yeah, did that as well. <laughs> I mean, I, fuck. <laughs> throw it all in there but it's actually it's come come about nicely for the acting work because um my new film that i got cast in called uncaged uh, i'm playing an mma fighter in that so it's great you know coming back to that side of my life as well and um having that there but i don't know i think it's just all like you know life lessons along the way of you know building up and trying as much as you can to get into the short life that we have absolutely um, man Absolutely. I mean, when you grow old, you'd be like, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did, you can keep going, you'd be going for days. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, what did you achieve, Tom? Oh, well, I've had a few jobs, I moved around a bit. 
Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I just yeah, I I've always just been like very open to saying yes. And you know, sometimes that's led to me being burnt out and you know, taking on too much and having I, I just couldn't say no to things, you know. And it is it's a it's a good thing because you get to do so much, but it's a very fine balance of of what you do and, and what you don't, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like so true to you know the martial arts and it's because i grew up in like a really really rough town like really fucking rough and it was the whole you know macho side of things and getting into fights and getting into trouble and like i was a bit of a tearaway um in my teenage years i'll freely admit and uh it wasn't until i joined martial arts that i actually kind of calmed down because you learn about the respectful side of it and you know if you're caught fighting outside the club that you're out of the club and that threat and um, it definitely like calmed me down a lot, you know, and um, and then with the the acting, like I was, you know, doing a little bit of like theater stuff in my teens, but it, it was honestly the type of town that if if they found out that you were doing theater or acting, you'd get jumped, you know. It was like this ridiculous carry on of you know young male teenagers and stuff. So that's where the acting side was, but I kind of kept it quiet for as much as I I could. Um, and then it wasn't until, you know, I got old enough to realize that I actually loved it and I wanted to, you know, go back to it and that I, I made that decision. Such bullshit, isn't it? I might cycle on you, Billy Elliot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just the whole, you know, bullshit that a lot of people have to deal with growing up and it's all driven out of fear, you know, fear of not being part of the group and keeping up the macho image, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, between martial arts and then getting back into the acting side of it, it definitely yeah, changed my whole persona. I, I, I made the decision actually to move to California. Um, and that's when I, I did my apprenticeship in Pearson uh, out there and I was drumming in two bands out there. Um, and when I came back from California, I was like a completely different person. You know, it was the best thing I ever did. Everyone thought I was crazy. I literally just like got a bag on my back, had no plans, didn't know anyone. And just off I went. I spent my first night uh, sleeping on a, a park bench like that's how unplanned it was you know wow yeah but uh, it shapes your character you know i'm just proud of you that you did it <laughs> proud that i didn't get murdered <laughs> well that as well <laughs> yeah. that's what it's like so yeah so was it in california that you managed to land into the badlands no no this was um i mean when i moved to california i was only uh 19 um and then like when i came back then you know is when i got into the the pearson side of it and then just with the the image like the tattoos and stuff like that it was actually um getting roped into more the alternative modeling side of things and like i'm extremely quiet and shy in real life like completely and i i had no interest in it and i just i kept getting asked and i kept getting roped into it and um I started doing that and it became quite successful then. And the more I got used to it, the better I got at it. And then I got asked to be in like music videos and, you know, different projects and stuff like that. So through that, then I kind of remembered how much like I, I did love the acting side of it. Um, and then it wasn't until like a good few years later that I started actually, you know, properly giving the, the acting side a go. I mean, I've been at it, like I'd say, you know, properly the last 15 years. Um, and I even I went back training, you know, in the Bow Street Academy that's here, like the biggest one that's here uh, only a few years ago. And I was training out in L.A. as well. I went back to L.A. So, 
really, really only taken it like properly seriously um, in the last 10 to 15 years. That's mad. So like I said, Into the Badlands is like, it's one of the first things that's on your IMDb. Is that one of the, like the first big job you landed? Cause I know how accurate IMDb can be at times. Yeah, it's, yeah, probably the, the it's the, well, it's, yeah, the biggest thing. Now I've done, I had done like lots of, you know, stuff before that, smaller stuff. And um, I was in loads of adverts and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and a few TV shows and just popping up. But yeah, Into the Badlands was the, like the biggest network show that I, that I landed, definitely. Um, well, sorry. Yeah, go on. No, so what adverts are you in? What else? What adverts are you in? Oh, adverts. Yeah. Um, I was uh, in a Guinness advert. Um, I was in a, I mean. Jam- oh, yeah, I was in a, a Jameson advert. Um, there's a, a big supermarket chain here called Dunn Stores. I was in one of those as well. Um, I don't know if you saw that. That's the one where I'm tattooing a dot on somebody. And it's like, <laughs> it's what, it's what you get for a euro. Yeah, it's that one. Um, but then, you know, through the modeling and that, I was in like loads of campaigns and loads of front covers of magazines and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's just like over the years, it's definitely building up the brand, if you want to call yourself a brand. But anything I do, whether it's the music, the piercing, the acting, write and direct and I always try and bring it around full circle that people start resonating with the name you know but it's tough it's the long haul it's definitely tough and even after Into the Badlands when I got that you know I was thinking oh finally you know getting on a network show or whatever and I only had a small part on it but you do think that it's gonna open the doors and you know maybe now's your time like to get in but it didn't really happen you know Um, it took a few years again of you know knocking on doors and building it up and building it up but it's mad and this is why i always say you know like it goes without saying but you should be nice to everybody on set um whether it's the runner or the makeup person or whatever the the um the hair department girl actually messaged me on instagram about two months ago from into the badlands and she was working on a a different show and she was like oh there's a part you'd be perfect for um, I'll say it to the, you know, the production, would you be interested in it? And that was six years ago. I hadn't spoken a word to her. And, you know, she found me on Instagram just to send me this message. And it just shows, you know, it's it's all about making these connections and you don't know when they're going to pay off, you know. That's amazing. I mean, I didn't ever understood people who fucking sit in their trailer on their little high horse and go, I want my own toilet. I want my own bowl of strawberries and cream. <laughs> I need my own, I don't know, my family needs their own toilet. <laughs> that, that, that is me as well. But, you know. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just a good lesson, you know, that you just, the industry is small. And if you're an asshole to one person, you're an asshole to a hundred people, you know, and you never treat anybody with any less than anybody else on the set. Um, but yeah, it is definitely, it's a good lesson, you know, and the, the casting director, Louise Kiley, who, who, who got me that job and into the Badlands and um, she got me onto kin, you know, so that's a six year transition and she, you know, we still have a good relationship and she'll always, you know, push me forward for stuff and that. So, it's definitely the whole game is building up the connections and hopefully they'll pay off someday. We love that. We love that. I do that. Amazing. But so obviously you've moved, I don't want to say you've moved on from acting, but you know, you've put a lot of focus into your own production company now with Sherlock Productions. Um, 
why when did this become a thing and what made you decide to do it yeah i mean um just i've always i was never good at school i was an absolute scatterbrain and i was always told that i would never succeed at anything because i was you know i couldn't sit still for two minutes and um, so anything like you know academic as regards maths or anything like that I never excelled at but anything creative like art or writing and um, I always had a keen interest in it especially writing and stories and essays and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> so one of my things on my bucket list um, was to write a book but I never in a million years thought I would complete a book and put out the book so um, but I did I put it out um, it did pretty well and the, the rights to that book have been picked up for uh, a film version of it which is amazing so that was like my first step into the writing side of it and then it was um, I, I directed like music videos and I directed a, a viral video um, I don't know if you saw that one where it's where I covered my tattoos completely in makeup yeah I made a note of that one yeah, I directed yeah. that one um, but it wasn't until I was uh, in Bow Street um, doing acting you know in the academy and um, they were encouraging you to to write your own scripts for scene work that you were doing so I, I, I wrote a few and I was still very like Jesus you know is this going to be shit and some of the scenes I did they went down really well and then it ended up that a lot of people from the college were getting me to write them scenes and you know so I was kind of being encouraged that way and I was like okay well maybe you know you know maybe I have something here and um, <clears throat> And yeah, it was going really well. And then I was kind of getting a bit of confidence. And then one of the, the tutors in the college was like, I did a scene and they were like, you know, push your boundaries in here and, you know, write about stuff that you wouldn't normally write about, whatever. And um, I tried one and it was like, it was what it was like a full comedy one. And I don't really, I, I like sar sarcastic comedy or black comedy. I don't like comedy comedy, you know, give it a go. And then I never forget, she turned around and she was like, after she was like, yeah, some people just shouldn't write their own scripts. And then I was just like, oh, well, I'm never writing again, you know, like, fuck this. But after a while, I got over myself and I was like, you know, I'll give it a go. And the whole thing was because of my image, like I do get typecast as a drug dealer or the pimp, you know, or not. That's fine. They're fun to play. I love playing them, not complaining. But there is more to my acting side than just playing those characters. So my debut short reflection, I wrote it and cast myself in it to show a more vulnerable side and um, you know that just because I look like this it doesn't define my personality um, and the juxtaposition between me and this little girl who who basically saves me from committing suicide in the woods seeing us on screen and it, it kind of it did what I wanted it to do people were shocked going we never would have associated with you having this like tender side we just thought you would be a tug you know um, so it did really well, it, like it won Best European Short, I won the Albert Pine Director's Award um, and it, it opened up a lot of doors, which led me on then to the second short, which is called Marrow, which is about mermaids, it's like Irish folklore tale that my granddad used to tell me. Now I'm not in that, I'm not the mermaid in that, I didn't cast myself in that. I want to push boundaries, but not, not that far. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> So yeah, I did that and it, you know, it's, it's a very cinematic piece and it's kind of a beautiful piece about mermaids and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's on the film festival circuit now and it's doing really well. Uh, and then I've just completed the feature film script um, Dublin Crust, which is about a notorious punk band that I used to be in. Um, it's loosely based around that as well. So, so yeah, that, that was the kind of the writing journey um, and with the directing and 
I found from teaching martial arts then when I was directing, I found that like I'm good at, you know, communicating with people and had that side of it. And because I'm an actor as well, I kind of, you know, have a, a really good relationship with the actors. So, and then the production company, we do a lot of commercial work for businesses and stuff like that just to get the bread and butter as well. So, yeah, I mean, you just cast yourself in your own work if, you, if you're not getting the roles that you want to get, basically, that's the message. On the um, reflection trailer, I was just blown away, really. Yeah. You know, I found, you know, it's quite like dark and I, I really like, I really, really liked it a lot. But going back to what you said about um, how you get associated with playing a drug dealer or, you know, just because of the way you look. Uh, so obviously the Kate Hopkins thing will come up at some point, but it really pisses me off when people are like, oh, well, you've got facial tattoos, you're covered in tattoos, so you obviously deal drugs, you obviously, you know, pick fights with people for no reason whatsoever. It really winds me up. And I find, I think that um, tattoos tell a story. I think that, you know, you, you know that classic old question of, well, what are you going to look like when you're 70 years old yeah. or 80 years old or whatever? Like, oh, okay, well, first of all, why does it matter to you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And second of all, well, I can go back and go, oh, well, when I had this done, I was so-and-so age and I was doing this. And, I, you know, oh, when I had that done, I was over in America uh, shooting a TV series. I don't know, so stuff like that. That's It really pisses me off. It really annoys me so much that people can sit there and go, oh, yeah, well, this business won't hire you and that business won't hire you. Okay, that's absolutely fine. That's until it to the end. But you're basing on the way I look, not you know the skills I have or the things I can do. So basically, fuck you. <laughs> that was a, oh, a well-said rant. That's usually oh, I love a Tom. Like I love a Tom rant. They're the best. <laughs> I was just watching that Katie Hopkins interview. I, did, I couldn't finish it because it really was really making me angry. Um, because she was, but it's the fact that, like you said, she didn't really have a point to back herself up. She was literally pointing the audience, going, "You know what I mean, don't you? And you know what I mean." And yeah. you know, and yeah. Whereas you're going, "Well, this, 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 this. You know, you have your ears pierced." Yeah. Well. Um, and I just do. Yeah, get in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it it is true. And the the you know the thing about her is she was nice as pie backstage before and afterwards. And she before we went out, she was like, "Don't mind me. I get paid to be a bitch." That's what she said to me. Like, yeah, you know? I, I kind and of she, felt like it was just like to keep her relevant, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. She was going on about how she loved my tattoos, and you know, so she was full of shit. Um, that video brings the most amount of hate into my life, though. So I have a kind of a a bittersweet about it because I think the message of it is good. Um, uh, I like I was a bit I was a bit jittery and a bit nervous on that one. I got a lot better at those kind of live TV shows as I went on. I've been on quite a few since that, and that one like I can never watch my stuff back anyway. But I'm just I'm quite jittery on that one. But yeah, it brings so much fucking hate. Like so, like the most amount of comments and hate I get is from that video. So, but why? And you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I had, I had, um, I had two death threats last week or the week before last. I mean, for what reason? Um, I mean, it's like it's constant on the YouTube video, but then, um, it was actually my agent convinced me to do like TikTok. I didn't want to do it because I know like the hate that's out there, and I put it up on that, and it just like I'd say ninety percent of the comments were hate, and I don't read any comments anymore which is sad because i don't get to read the good ones and um, let alone the bad ones because it was affecting me mentally and i am very much of you know i don't give a fuck what anyone thinks i don't do Good. it for anyone else's approval and that but at the same time if you're waking up and you're reading people telling you to go kill yourself 
you know, on a regular basis, you're like, you know, it's a lot to take in mentally. But when I put it up on the TikTok and the, the comments were coming through and I was like, I was reading a lot of them, which I don't normally do. Um, and it's just so much hate. And then they actually, because I stopped reading anything on TikTok or I didn't reply to anything or whatever, they actually found me then on other social medias to go to the effort to message me directly. So <laughs> I see it. So, you know, I just, I just don't understand people. We all have things that we don't like, but to go and seek it out just to try and condemn someone because you're not fitting in with the herd that they've been raised with as what's socially acceptable. Um, it just baffles my mind as on a human level, a psyche level, basically. You know what? I feel sorry for them. I really do. I don't know why I do. I just do because it's just pathetic. Yeah. And you know, you are who you are. I I hope you keep. I know you will. Just keep going as you go, man. You're absolutely smashing out of the park with the production company, with the piercing, with the acting, with the writing. Fuck everybody else. Who gives a shit with it? They're obviously still home with their fucking mum and dad or whatever, getting their shit paid for, or they're on the streets. So yeah. you know, just it, it just winds me up. Yeah, it is. And I mean, obviously they're just miserable with their own lives and they want yeah. attention and it's their cry for attention or they would love to have the freedom to express themselves however they wanted, you know. And But yeah, like I said, I, I just, I don't read the comments anymore. Now, but like just that video in particular, it's just I just get so much hate <laughs> over that video, you know. So yeah, it's just one of those sore points. But I think the message behind it is good. And obviously there are people that relate to it and you know and and as humans we do judge aesthetically but like when you look at it you know from from the bigger picture like how pathetic it is that we do judge aesthetically you know yeah. i mean you just get on with your own life and just try and live your life you know and even if you have things that you don't like i just i would never feel the need to express them to somebody randomly that had mm -hmm. not done anything to you you know what i mean yeah yeah so i remember when, when the ginger hate used to be a thing yeah yeah. So that since we've all of a sudden disappeared. Don't know yeah. why, but I just never understand it, man. But um, going back to so live, how did that come about? By the way, how did you get onto Nolan's show? Um, I I I'd done uh, a few different shows, and um, I'd been on a few BBC shows because that is a BBC show that was on, um, and they just contacted me just randomly out of the blue, and they were actually like, um you know, would you come on and, and speak about, you know, we see you speaking about this tattoos and, you know, body positivity and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah. And they rang me back and um, they were like, listen, uh, Katie Hopkins is going on. And I was like, who the fuck's Katie Hopkins? I didn't know who she was. And she's like, oh, she's she's a bit extreme. Like, so like, would you be okay with it? And I just went and Googled her and I was just like, listen to a few of her stuff. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'll give it a go. Um, so yeah, that's how that came about. It was just a straight, straight phone call. But I mean, I turned down... Um, like body shockers, like for three seasons in a row, they rang me honestly over about 200 times because I'll never put myself into a situation where they're trying to um, portray something negatively about somebody's image yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or why they do it or what they do. I'll only do it when there's a voice of positivity behind it um, and not condemning people for their choices. You know, nobody can tell you what you can and cannot do to your own body. It's, exactly. it's your, you know, it's your choice. Um, so yeah, then through that, and I've done, I've done a lot of shows since, and like I said, I feel like I've gotten better. But I've said no to more shows, and I've said yes, you know, um, because of the the angle that they're coming at it from. Just going back to the haters, I'd love to see them say it to your face. That's the see. This is the thing, and I used to sit there and reply to them, 
and I've invited so many people. I've actually Google pin dropped the address to my shop and be like, <laughs> come on in boys. And not one of them show up. And it's oh, rare, you know, it's rare on the streets. Now I have gotten into, a, you know, a lot of altercations on the street, unfortunately. And I've no problem with people being curious. You know, that's just human nature. Like I said, I don't do it for other people and I am quite shy and reserved. And then people are like, well, you're a fucking walking contradiction then. Why would you tattoo your face if you don't want attention? And it's like, I can't answer that question, but I don't do it for attention. And I hate when people stare at me when I'm out in public and especially when I'm with my family and my friends because I'm used to it, but they feel so awkward. Um, and mm -hmm. there has been a lot of physical, I was asked to, to move in a restaurant because somebody didn't want to look at me while they ate. The, oh, the waiter came what? over and asked me to move. I've been refused membership to a gym, even though I'm a qualified PT because I had a mohawk and my visible tattoos. Uh, I'm not allowed, I was refused into a lot of bars and stuff like that because I think you're going to be trouble. So yeah, I mean, it, it is a catch 22 and it has made me avoid a lot of social situations unless I'm gigging with my band and stuff because people are bad enough in daytime real. Add drink into that, alcohol into mm, that and their yeah. inhibitions go out, go out the wall. And I have a very, very short fuse. I always have and something I try and contain. And, and I don't want to be getting into fights with people, you know, that want to come over and start touching you and trying to like take the piss out of you and that. You know, I don't put up with that. So I, I understand curiosity, but I'll definitely draw the line when it turns into disrespect. And I have had plenty of situations, you know, like that. Now I'm lucky in my hometown and where I live now, people know me now and there's very rarely any shit, you know? Um, but if I go like, to, up to Dublin like the city it'll be back to the getting the shit and the stairs and all that kind of stuff yeah I'm sorry man that's that's such a shit way to like live your life almost because you just know that people are gonna stand there and go like what the I, I just oh, I just don't get it especially it's 2021 what's fucking wrong with people <laughs> yeah oh yeah. <laughs> I mean in America you just I was out in LA last year and you don't get that you know just you know, nobody gives a, a shit. And I find when I'm in London, nobody gives a shit what you look like over there. You know, they're all too busy with their own lives. And I love that because people are kind of like, oh, London's, um, you know, it's not very friendly. And I'm like, it's perfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't want anyone, you know, so. Is it just the Irish? Is that all it is? Say that again? Is it just the Irish? Is that what it is? Oh, it's probably, yeah. Probably just the Irish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I watched that one we just mentioned. I saw a clip from one with a woman named Brenda Powers. I only saw a little clip. She sounds like a bit of an ass. I don't know who yeah, she was. I've never and, heard of her before. And she was actually like an arse backstage before and afterwards, you know? I actually afterwards, look, it is what it is. She's a journalist. We had our opinions. Our opinions differ or whatever. And it's for the show. I went up to shake her hand at the end of it. And she just looked at me and walked out. And she didn't even shake my hand. Wow. And the production, they all turned around and go, as you won that one because she wasn't big enough to you know yeah. take my hand you know even if we have a difference of opinion or whatever i don't take it personally you know she's there to state her opinion i have my opinion doesn't mean that we can't you know be civil to each, each other but yeah she she walked out then um so that was a a bit of a do you do you guys know tommy tiernan the comedian oh, yeah i was just going to mention the tommy tiernan one yeah yeah oh. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant. He was really good. Um, and he actually then, like, he, he apologized uh, for his first comment when I walked out because the first thing he said to me when he saw me was, any regrets? 
And then after our conversation and, you know, how, you know, people deal with it and, you know, by the end of it, he was like, oh, I was one of those people. I'm sorry. And I was like, no, it's cool. Like it's natural reaction. I get that a lot, you know? So, but he was really, really cool. Um, and he's, um, I can't really say, but <laughs> I'm come, well, I kind of said it now, but with my, um, my new film, he's possibly going to be involved. So, you know, it's oh, great awesome. to make these connections and, and bring those connections through with you. That is beautiful. I love that interview. It was, I, I just love Tommy T. He's such a fucking amazing guy. Did he come into your shop? Um, he's, he booked in, him and his wife booked in to get tattooed off my wife. Um, and then the whole COVID thing hit. Oh. His schedule and everything. But he still is like him and his wife. We have the designs done for them and everything. So hopefully we'll get them down. We'll get them down. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <He was laughs> <super> excited. <laughs> He was genuinely lovely and afterwards we were talking for about two hours afterwards about music and life and everything. He was brilliant. He was really, really cool. And he's so fucking funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. The one, the one thing that baffled me about, about all these chat show appearances is they all seem to be about your appearance and tattoos. And I was watching, I was like, this guy does like 150 other things. Why are we not talking to him about them? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, with the Tommy Tiernan one, I was out there talking to him for over an hour and they edited it down to seven minutes. And I know the director of that show because I worked with him on a show called the Irish Pictorial Weekly. It's a comedy show back in 2014. And he rang me the next day to be like, Baz, I'm so sorry because I was talking about acting, about, you know, my life and music and drumming and like loads of stuff. And I was cracking jokes and he was cracking jokes. It was really funny. And, you know, it was like I was just talking to him. I forgot there was cameras there. It was brilliant. But he said his instructions were only to edit it down to about my tattoos and my appearance. And that's all he could put in. So he actually rang me to apologize. You know, he was like, I love all the other stuff, but I can't put any of it in, you know. So I suppose they have their agenda. And, you know, um, I mean, that little clip that they shared from the Tommy Tiernan show um, the RTE, the production company, they rang me the week after and it got 3.5 million views in that clip and they'd never gotten over a million views, you know, and wow. they were like, oh, it's amazing. And I, I've been pitching like um, a TV tattoo series um, for a long time, you know, and I was like, they were one of the companies and I was like, now do you see the amount of people that are interested in this, you know, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we love it, love it, love it. But to this day, can't break down the doors, you know, to it because they just don't see it as a, a lucrative mainstream option which is kind of sad but yeah. which is mad considering i know it got a lot of hate for it but you had that tattoo fixes program and you thought and that had so it was yeah. so popular it yeah. was a huge audience for that so you'd think they'd want to do something like that you know i use that in in my pitch as a reference you know and ink master and you know obviously the start of miami ink and all these shows is absolutely huge and there's nothing in ireland to portray the tattoo industry and it's there's amazing tattoo artists here and it's so popular here I mean, the statistic is one in two people have a tattoo now, you know, and there's there's definitely room for it. But, you know, it's pitching a few different production companies and they just it's mad. They're so stuck in the dark ages that they just cannot see the lucrative value behind it and how many people would be interested in it, you know, and they just want to put the same old shit on again and again. But, you know, you, all I do is just keep knocking on doors and hopefully somebody will answer someday. They've been watching too much tattoo fixes. What a load of shit that is. Yeah, we, we hate it in the industry. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> um, 
a friend of mine has actually fixed up over 15 of the tattoo fixers fix-ups. He offered them for free because they were so bad. And the, what they showed on the show to what they actually were, he put up the real pictures. He was like, yeah, they're all Photoshopped. That's, you can't cover black tribal with a rainbow. It's not physically <laughs> possible, you know? So he offered his services for free and he actually fixed, fixed them up, you know? So why yeah. hero? Well, hats off to that guy for first. Yeah. Time. Cause we get so many customers coming in going, you know, tattoo fixers. I want to, and it's like, Oh God, <laughs> don't mention tattoo fixers, please. <laughs> We've got another one guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you briefly mentioned earlier, you wrote a book called uh, Ink, Ink Princess. Um, did you, I saw a trailer for the movie of it. Did, has the movie been made or is it still in production? It's still in production. Um, again, I mean, COVID reared its ugly head and it was a co-production between our own production company um, and a Manchester-based one. So it is still going to go ahead at some stage. Um, but I was also in talks about it being uh, a TV series as well with a, with a separate, you know, um, company. Um, so, yeah, it was just something that I never thought I would actually get finished or do. Um, and what happened was I actually, I'd, I'd only written like six chapters or something. And I was like, is this crap? Is this shit? I'll send it off to a few publishing companies and just see, you know, what reaction I get. And when I sent it off to them, the three of them came back and was like, okay, we want to see the finished book. And that made me finish the book then because I was like, okay, I have a deadline now, you know, to get it done. Um, so yeah, it was, there's a lot of people who have read it and that they want a sequel. And I just, I haven't, you know, found the time or the motivation to write, write a, se <laughs> a sequel. What yeah. a shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite interesting and it was um the book is you know it's completely fictional and the girl that's in it um basically you know she ends up out on the streets and she's a street artist um but she finds her way into doing a tattoo apprenticeship and she works her way up um into onto being one of the biggest tattoo reality tv shows so she becomes famous but through that she gets a stalker and the whole stalker thing was based on my own experience of having a really fucking scary stalker when I lived in Dublin. So even though it was from a girl's perspective, because I didn't want people associating me with the protagonist, you know, um, that's what that whole aspect of the stalker is about, you know, and how she deals with it and what happens and stuff like that. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we won't go into the details of it, but I mean, I bet it feels unreal to have like a movie being made of your book. Yeah, it's, it's, it is crazy for something that I never thought I would, you know, get yeah. finished. And I never, I never wrote it in mind of it becoming a film or, you know, TV series or whatever. Um, I'm just glad that people kind of resonated with it and, and enjoyed it. Um, but, and then I just took that into the, you know, the script side of things then and kind of gave me the motivation to push on that side. That's so cool. Now, there's a video on your YouTube that you, you referenced earlier. And we need to talk about it because it's it's a mix of it's artistic, it's funny, it's motivational, it's beautiful, and that is the office worker transformation video. Yeah. So where did the idea for this come from, about and how? Because it is it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, um, it was the whole. Basically, it was the question, like you know, you were saying earlier, of people asking you what happens when you're seventy, any regrets? Do you regret them? You know. Um, there's drawbacks to looking like this in life and, you know, certain things you can't do. 
So I, I always have the defense of, you know, live for today. You could be hit by a bus tomorrow. Do whatever makes you happy. You look after you kind of mentality. But at the back of your mind, you do always say, you know, what would I look like without the tattoos or how would my life be? Um, and the whole video is basically about people who are afraid to express themselves because of other people's opinions that we have to face with. So the whole video is that he works in an office, his you know, my tattoos are completely covered up. I'm wearing a wig um, and I'm miserable. I'm absolutely miserable. My boss has been a dick. The, the other co-workers are sneering at me. You know, I'm a nobody in there. Um, and then it follows me home. And when I get home, I start, you know, wiping the, the makeup off to reveal my tattoos. And it leads to me then going playing a punk gig with my band to show that that's where I'm truly myself and truly happy, you know? Um, so that's the whole, you know, idea behind the the video to to be whoever makes you happy and don't be hiding yourself just because you're worried about what other people will think of you you know that's the whole the message behind that video and it went it went crazy viral you know it was uh, over 100 million shares and views it, like it went absolutely insane i couldn't believe it um but when i did see myself covered in the tattoos I recovered myself with the, with the makeup um, and I looked at myself in the mirror. It was like a stranger was looking back at me. So it definitely like silenced that voice of, you know, what would you look, would you be happier without them? I, I couldn't wait to get the makeup off. And it was such a relief. Like, honestly, it was such a relief that, you know, I didn't feel like myself at all. And so much so that when I, when I came to shoot um, the scenes, I had asked my mother, I was like, oh, I want to shoot some stuff, but I didn't tell her what it was. And I arrived with the DP and my own mother introduced herself to me. <laughs> she was like, oh, hi, I'm Barry's mom. Nice to meet you. And like shook my hand. And then I was like looking at her and then she looked in my eyes and I've never seen my mom freak out as much. Like she didn't recognize me at all. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a crazy moment. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was just one of those, messages that I want to get across and then I mean of course people you know the comments and people took it up wrong going um oh just because you work in an office doesn't mean you're miserable it's like that's not the fucking point of the video oh, it's not against office workers you know <laughs> um and then then there was like people like commenting you know when I was the clip when I was wiping the, the makeup off going oh instant Nazi and you know instant <laughs> failure and your family should be ashamed of you and all the you know these comments coming through and and then there was people who thought that the um, makeup wipes were putting the tattoos on. They're like, oh my God, you can get wipes to put tattoos on yourself. <laughs> you know, so it's all sides of the spectrum. Oh, no, people are stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I really hate the human race. <laughs> yeah. So I really do. Because yeah. your tattoos define who you are. That's who you are. Yeah. Like talking to you, I see... Baz Black, I don't see, I don't go, oh, you know, he's got the facial tattoos and everything, it's all on the side, etc. Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not like gawping at you. Yeah, yes. I just, I just see you. I don't... I find, that's one of the most frustrating things, like, um, that it takes me 20 minutes to get past the tattoo conversation with somebody that I meet before it gets to my real personality. And like, I go into autopilot and I, because I get asked the same things and I have the same, like, my wife or that they laugh because i have the automatic responses you know yeah. that i have and then 20 minutes in if somebody starts talking to me about films i'm like there's my real personality you know you know i want to yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff and it's just one of those you know it, i hate 
because people are like oh you're moaning about it you know you made the choice and it's like yeah I did make the choice but it doesn't define me and it it's not it's like right my job is working in piercing and tattoo that's that's my bread and butter my main job I've been doing it for 18 years now and it's like I compare it to imagine you worked in Tesco seven days a week and then you go out for a drink with your friends and somebody wants to talk to you about Tesco all night you know that's where it's just like <laughs> it's a good way of putting it you know, people coming up showing me their shitty tattoos. I I don't want to fucking see your shit tattoos, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't care where you got it. I don't get you know. It's like, but um, I, I, I try and be uh, as pleasant as I possibly can. No, I can imagine. I think you're a very genuine and humble person, and you know. But what you should do is you should make a voice note recording, right, of the entire first twenty minute conversation thing. Yeah. So when people come to ask us, you go, what, 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 what? Go listen to this. <laughs> Come back to me in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually about who I really am, what I really do. Yeah. <laughs> so with that video, how much of your body did they cover in makeup? Was it literally everything? Um, from waist all the way up. Yeah, completely. It took <laughs> it took seven hours. Um, my friend, she's an award-winning makeup artist, Marie Murray. Um, she she did the makeup. And we did the first session, like we did it in four four hours. And then for the next section, then it was um, three hours to do the rest of the body. And it was about, we used um, Kat Von D's makeup, the tattoo artist. And I think it was a, something like 12 layers of makeup and powder to completely, yeah, cover it. Jeez. Possible. Yeah, yeah. But um. <laughs> It was an it was an interesting interesting experience, and I was just glad that I kind of confirmed that, you know, I'm happier with my tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that as well. The song that's playing in the background, I was like, "This is really good. Who's this?" And I was like, "Oh, it's his band." That says my next bit of research and listening to his band. There we go. There you go. <laughs> nice little compliment thrown in there. It was good. Um, but what made me, made me laugh when I was watching it as well, because obviously doing that with the wet wipes and stuff like that, and my wife just looks up and went, "Would it be quicker if you had a shower?" Well, she's got a point yeah probably <laughs> how yeah. long did it take to get off not as dramatic and um i did like as much as i could with the makeup wipes but then we were going to shoot the gig scene on the same day so i did have to get into the shower and my skin was like bright red from scrubbing the shit out now there was still Ooh. makeup <laughs> on me you know you can't really see it in the video but uh, i think honestly it took me about three or four days like to fully fully get it all off what? Like, okay, yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be doing that in a in a hurry and my my agents have said over the the years you know they were like oh why don't you put your like headshot of you with the you know the makeup on so that will open you up to more roles and i i am of the mindset of that's missing the point you know that's you know i'd be happy to cover the makeup up for a project but i don't want to go in under the false pretense of you know, almost even though it's contradictory, you know, acting like I'm somebody else and, you know, trying to hide myself to try and fit in to get more roles. That, to me, that seems contradictory, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I suppose the only way that would be good is if it was a character who gained tattoos throughout the movie. Yeah, that, that would work. Yeah. That'd work well, wouldn't it? Um, I have a, a treatment written for a while now of um, a, like a bank robbery, but covering the tattoos completely. So when the eyewitnesses describe who the bank robber was, that's brilliant. That's, that is genius. Absolute yeah. genius. 
That's either yeah. a treatment or a plan for now when you if you go broke. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to say publicly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Jamie. Sorry. <laughs> but like the, the actual, what I actually have written is, you know, go in with the tattoos all covered up with the makeup, have a wig on, the whole lot. And everybody that's in there, get them to put a hood over themselves. And while they have the hood over themselves, wipe the makeup off and then join as if you were one of the hostages. So when the cops show up, that you're actually pretending like you're one of the hostages because they'd never would have described the guy with the tattoos, you know? And then fly the money out with a drone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit ambitious, but you know. <laughs> I love it, that's amazing. But but that video, I particularly, just, I loved it so much, the message of it. You know, I know you've said people are taking it the wrong bloody way somehow, even though it says in massive words at the end of it, be yourself, you know. (laughs) But the positive mindset, I I absolutely love and admire about it. There's even that video on your YouTube. It's basically just all about having a positive mindset. And because, you know, you've turned around and said that that video with Katie Hopkins, you got fucking death threats over it, which is absolute bollocks, and get stopped by it. The fact you've come out of it all with this amazing positive mindset, I just absolutely admire the fuck out of you for it i really do yeah well i mean i appreciate that but i mean like honestly i have to kind of kind of listen to my own bullshit sometimes you know because it's very easy to say these things but there can be a lot going on behind the words as well you know and it's not as if i'm like oh i'm completely positive none of this affects me of course it does you know but i just try and view the world and try and take the positives out of whatever situation i can and just from my own experiences, if I can just like relate to one person that may be going through a tough time to try and get them to see the positive side, that I think it's more that I enjoy helping other people because I know how dark my times have gotten <clears throat> over the years, you know, and, and it's so hard to maintain a positive mindset when there's people judging you. And that can be your sexuality. It can be, you know, your religion. It can be the way you dress. It's, there's no one defining thing. We're, we're all under so much pressure and especially these days with social media and you know the, the bullying and I really like <clears throat> my little niece is 11 now and I absolutely dread her fucking teenage years growing up with whatsapp groups bitching about each other and comments and you know the, the whole being a kid thing is, is out the window and um, so I just think that all the shit that I've kind of had to deal with because I chose to be different from from the the uh, the crew of life, I suppose, and um, that if I can try and shed some positivity on it, then I I, I enjoy it, you know. Yeah, it's such a shame how fucking like shit childhood is now. Like I'm kind of pleased that we grew up yeah. when we did, like in the eighties, nineties time. You know, when yeah. you could be a child, you could leave your door open and go and play outside and climb trees and fall out of trees and yeah. all that sort of thing. You know, go and play. Power Rangers or whatever you did as a child, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. Whereas now it's all like, you know, Facebook, yeah, have you got a phone yet? Like, yeah. you know, you got eight, nine year olds being like, I want an iPhone for Christmas. Like, why? Yeah. What do you need a phone for? I know. Crazy, they, man. I say to my parents now, I was like, you were so irresponsible. We used to go off down the woods at fucking nine in the morning. And the only time, like, my dad would whistle for us to come up for our dinner at six o'clock. I was like, we could have been killed. We could have been kidnapped. We could have been murdered. And they were just like, that's the way it was, you know? But now you're like, you, you wouldn't dream of letting your kid go off. And, and like, I, I see like my niece and they're out playing, but they're sitting around on their iPads in a circle, 
you know and it's like where's the kids gone you know and yeah it's no imagination anymore yeah and tiktok especially like oh jesus like the stuff that's on there and you know it's I mean, for kids and for, for other people and the amount of hate that's on there because everybody is fighting for that little bit of attention, whatever way they can get it. And they don't give a shit that your words have just caused somebody to go kill themselves, you know? No. And it's just, it's so flippant and it's so much hate. And like you said earlier, there's nothing to be said person to person anymore. They hide behind their computers. Yeah. You know, that's the sad world that we live in. It's like because everyone's allowed to have an opinion now on whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And... Yeah. You know, I think suicide rates have increased massively since social media has become a thing. Absolutely. So it's just, it, it's mind-blowing. Like you said about how, like, you know, when you said you're out for however long, nine, ten hours, and your parents only whistled you in at, like, 6 p.m. or whatever. But it's almost like it wasn't thought about that. It's, no one ever really thought about it. It was just going fun, have to enjoy yourselves, whereas now it's all like, watch out for pedophiles. You know, yeah. people make you know people out there kidnapping dogs at the moment. Like, what the what is the world coming to? It's insane. I know. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. I think on a on a big scale, like the human race has failed in so many aspects. You know, and um, unfortunately, like at this stage, it's probably irreversible the damage that we've done. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, which is a very sad sad statement to make. Um, and just on the positivity side of things, I mean, I speak about you know as well this is on the flip side of i've always kind of been told that you know you were never going to amount to anything you were never good enough you know and it's just sending out that message to that people learn in different ways and you need to be able to embrace you know certain ways of learning and just because they're not good at you know maths it doesn't mean that they're not going to excel um and it's about proving these people wrong you know that's that's what i kind of thrive on like that one in in the college i said you know some people should never write uh, it's just like you know, and this is very, very egotistical, but I hope she sees the awards that my film yeah. have won. And like, because it is like, you know, well, fuck you. I did go yeah. and do it, you know, and you could have easily yeah. just made me never, yeah, never write yeah. anything again, you know. So never let anybody, and it's hard, but never let anybody deter you from your dreams. Just go and do it, you know. And it's very, it's easier said than done. Trust me, like you guys know as well it's easier said than done and people there's a lot of negative people because they are miserable with their own choices that they've made you know and they try and bring you down to their level to make themselves feel better and you have to be very wary of people like that and there's so many of them so it's um it's just a mentality that you have to kind of learn as you go along absolutely i mean you reference uh your awards i mean did you ever think that you'd win as i mean did you ever think you win any of that i mean it's incredible i think uh uh, I forgot the name for some random a reflection one like loads. Yeah, it's it's mad, and you don't do it for the awards, but like the awards open the doors for your next thing, so that's where you know mm. they're beneficial. And um, but not in a million years that I ever think that it was you know gonna gonna do anything. But I was just so glad that it it resonated with a, a lot of people who watched it because this you know the topic of suicide and especially male suicide. And it's the same in the UK, same in Ireland. It's absolutely an epidemic. I've lost so many friends to it. Um, and that's what it, it deals with. Um, and, but the, I mean, the, the whole, the film, the reflection film, there is a, a whole big twist to it. You know, it's not just like a drama kind of thing. There's a whole twist to the actual film, but I was just glad that the message, you know, got across and that, um, I mean, winning the awards was, was amazing. And the people that I've won the awards with have now, 
come back fold that I'm working with them on other projects and stuff like that. Yeah. So amazing. So that college you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. look at all those awards that are right here. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just mad. And again, like, I mean, that particular person, like, as far as I can see, is doing fucking nothing because they were, you know, they're trying to, trying to be an actor in a career, and then they were, you know, teaching or whatever. And it's like, and it wasn't just that instance; it was very much so a part of their persona. And a lot of people came away thinking that they weren't good enough because of what they were being told by this person, you know. And it's so hard because it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever experienced. Because I was after doing this scene that I, I wrote and I was acting it out and all that. And then it was just like, yeah, that, was, that wasn't good. Like, you know, and some people just shouldn't write their own stuff. And I was mortified. I was like, I'm never going to fucking write again, you know. And, but people like that, you know, you just can't let them deter you from, yeah. from your dreams, you know. No, so you, like you said, you, you need to use it to motivate you. And that's what yeah. you've done. Yeah. So there's so much, you know, to talk about with you. But before we wrap, start wrapping things up, we should talk about the fact, as you've mentioned, you know, you're a piercer and you own your own tattoo shop, which is really fucking cool. How long have you been doing piercing then? Uh, it's 18 years now. I've been slogging away at it. Um... <laughs> Great word. Great word. <laughs> slogging. Slogging. Very Irish word. <laughs> um, the... Uh... It's funny, actually, sorry, just this is off topic, but the production company name, right? It's, you know, sure look productions, but that is an Irish saying that can be used in any situation. It's like, oh, did you hear Paddy down the road was murdered? Ah, sure look, he had it coming. You know, <laughs> it, it can be said in any context, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. And it's like, oh, should we go for a ah, sure look, should we go for a pint? So that's, that's where that name came from. So just, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, what was your question? Oh, about the, uh, <laughs> the yeah. um, tattoo and piercing side of things. Um, what was your question? Sorry. I just said how long we've been doing it. But that oh, was, yeah. Was. Um, 18 years altogether. I uh, did my apprenticeship in California. And then I, when I came back from California, I was working in Manchester, Pearson. And then I was in London, Pearson and Soho. Then I was in Amsterdam. And then I came back and I was working in Dublin for six years. Um, but I've owned my own business on the Pearson side of things for 12 years um, altogether. And I've had three, no, I've had four tattoo shops, tattoo and Pearson shops. And these days I just do uh, private appointment only stuff. I only do like the high end and um, fancy kind of jewelry. And I book it in between my filament and all the other stuff, um, which suits me so much better. And the shop, the last shop I had was busier than ever. It was one of the busiest shops in Ireland but I was completely burnt out. I was like running from the shop to acting to music and I just couldn't keep it all going. And the place was a gold mine and people were like, you are crazy for closing it. But I was literally on the verge of a nervous breakdown. So I closed it two years ago and now I just do guest spots and I have a private studio here that I just book dates whenever I can. So it works out much better. Have you ever had a really weird request for a piercing? Oh, so many. And you can share? The, the weirdest was when I was piercing in Dublin and a guy came in and he wanted his nipple pierced. I was like, cool, got him to fill out the form, the whole thing, took him into the studio, just talking, lifted up his top and he wanted his third nipple pierced, which was a nubbin, <laughs> fully formed right about here, but he didn't have the other two pierced. 
And I was like, okay. And pierced it. And at the end, then I was like, oh, can I take a picture for my portfolio? And he was like, I'd rather you didn't. All right. What did you not get all free done and like connect him with a chain yeah, or something? Just it was, go like, all I out. was like, I thought it was like a dare from his mates in the pub or something, but it was like, no. But yeah, I've had I've had so many and I've so many stories um of different experiences and stuff. And I'll write a book someday about it. I look forward to that. <laughs> I've always thought that though. Like they say, like tattooists have some crazy requests and stuff. But I always imagined Pierce has got to have some weird stuff. Like some guy just walks in and goes, "Do this tattoo." I mean, Pierce this for me. Funk. Yeah, you know, just... I've had loads of that. You know, I've uh, I've had guys uh, coming in and like wanking in your piercing studio because they're like getting off on it. And I've had what? I've had very very. I hear. Look, all right. I'll I'll tell you this story. This is. <laughs> This is the best story. This is when I worked in Soho in a shop and it was like a normal Wednesday morning, <laughs> first thing in the morning and two guys in their fifties came in and they were in the full leather clad, you know, outfits and they were hugging each other as they walked in. You had to come down the steps. So one guy behind the other came walking in and it wasn't unusual to see that kind of thing in Soho. I was just like, yeah, whatever. And he was like, oh, I have my Prince Albert pierced, my dick pierced. Um, and I want to change the jewellery. I was like, cool. So he picked the jewellery. He's like, oh, do you mind if you um, fit it for me? And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I went into the studio and I was like, yeah, come on in. But they were still hugging. They never let each other go. So they came like walking in, hugging into the studio. And I was like, okay, man, just like drop your pants, get up from the table there. And he was like, oh yeah, just give us a second. So the two of them pulled down their pants and they both had their dicks pierced and he had a chain going from his dick to the guy behind oh. them. <laughs> So they had to unhook themselves <laughs> for them, fitted the jewellery, got back up, hooked themselves back up, pulled their pants up and went walking out. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was like a Wednesday morning. So, yeah, I've had... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> they were happy. <laughs> well, well, I mean... So it counts. <laughs> yeah. I've got no words if I'm really honest. I've I've had some I've had some amazing stories. Just this one, this is like a stupid one, but I had I had three girls in the shop one time and uh, the one girl she was getting her, her belly button pierced and I was like I gave her the consent form, she was filling it out and she was halfway through and she turned to her friend, she was like, Fuck, I can't get pierced. And they're like, Why not? It's like, Oh, it says here uh, if you're nursing that you can't get pierced. And her friends were like wait a minute, you're not pregnant, are you? And she's like, no, but I'm a nurse. <laughs> like, I can't get fierce because I'm a nurse. I was like, no, it's not fucking nursing. And I was like, you're get a fucking out. nurse. <laughs> you, should, you should fucking know what nursing is. Oh my God, that is... <laughs> Mind you, talking of that, um, I've just started working this opposition so I mentioned earlier. And genuinely, a guy came in and he said, he sat, he wants to speak to the senior optician, sat down, and he was like, when I take my glasses off, I can't see. <laughs> just, that was it. it, was, it was, he was expecting more conversation and he was just like, yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah what, what do I do about it? Wear your glasses. Uh, yeah. There uh, you go. That would be 80 quid. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Cheers. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> It's ridiculous. That is insane. Yeah, you know what they say about common sense? It ain't that common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly fucking. <laughs> <in. laughs>
<laughs> right. I just quickly, I saw you did a, a stand-up comedy set on your YouTube. And I watched it. It's really, I really enjoyed it. It was really quite funny. Was that a one-time only thing, or is it something you do quite regularly? Yeah, it was like it was again. It was like this bucket list thing. This is ridiculous, right? But I don't know if you guys, you remember that stupid song that was called the Sunscreen Song that was like out in the late nineties. Yes. Oh, like Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, Baz yeah Luhrmann. like yeah. the mantra of life. There's one. There's one line in that. It's like make sure that you do one thing every day that scares you. So that's my little like trigger. If something comes up that I'm terrified by. It's like my one thing to scare me that day. And stand-up comedy is absolutely terrifying. And again, it was something that I never thought I would do. So I just, I said, fuck it. You know, I have some stories. I'll get up, I'll do it. I was absolutely terrified. That one up on YouTube was my first ever show, actually. And then I went and I, I did a tour for like a couple of months. And I ended up like getting some cool, you know, support slots with some bigger named comedians and stuff. And it, I got better at it and it went well, it went down well, but I was kind of, once I'd done it, I was done with it then. I got it out of my system and I was like, right, that's it, ticked off. Yeah, so. But like, that is fucking, that's a scary thing to do, to get stand up in the front of a room and try and make people laugh. Whew. I've heard people say it's the most terrifying thing in the world. Yeah, like live TV is scary and, you know, being on set is scary and stuff, but yeah, that's definitely terrifying. Fair play, sir. I don't know, I couldn't do it. No, no, no. <laughs> Tom, have you got any more questions? That's fine. Um, first of all, thank you so fucking much for doing this. Uh, it just means the world and generally had the best time with you for the past like hour and a bit. Yeah, but no yeah. did you ever think that your life would be where it is today? Like, did you ever think that, you know, oh, you wrote a book, you're making films, etc. Like, did you ever think that you'd get to where you are right now? No, I, like, I, you know, it sounds cliche to say no, and I, I didn't. And like, this is quite dark but like I honestly didn't think I would be alive at this age and that's not like you know me just saying that I, I I genuinely didn't think that you know it was just that was the kind of mindset that I had um and yeah I know I, I just where my life is now and from the outside it can look amazing you know and people can see you know your stuff and putting it up and social media can be very deceiving and yes I've you know accomplished some some things and that but it looks better on social media than it actually is you know some people are like, oh, my God, you're going to Hollywood, you know, because, you know, it looks like you're so busy. And that's not <laughs> the truth. And it's constantly breaking down the barriers and trying to build up the connections. And um, but where it is now and like, you know, I'm married and, you know, I have my house. I had successful businesses and, you know, the, the film and stuff and the acting. It's, it, it is a tough, tough trade, as everybody knows. And it's the longevity of it. And I watched a great thing with um, John Hamm. Uh, I read a, an interview with him a few weeks ago and they were asking him about coming up as an actor and he was like, he found out while he was in the middle of it that it's, um, if you can outlast your competition and you can keep going when they give up, then eventually somebody will open the door to you. You just have to keep going. And it's so true, you know, because there's so much rejection and, you know, there's, there's the positives, but then people don't see all the other shit of all the rejection and the, the stuff that you're trying to get. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, COVID has put things into perspective for a lot of people, like including me, and it's reevaluated people's priorities, I think. So that's some bonus that we can get out of it. And we just have to kind of keep plodding away and see see what we can do with life. It's beautiful. Love it. And uh, can you please bring your band over to the UK so I can come and see you? Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Amazing. Yeah. Right. Before we get out of it, we like to play a little game of our guests. It's called the Quick Fire Round. It's five questions. You just answer them as quick as you can. Oh, fuck. It's nothing scary. 
It's not. It's not like geometry or anything. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Right. First question. Favorite pizza topping. Oh. Um. Oh, you're gonna hate me, tuna. No. No. Nope, he's on board. Spot on. Great answer. Oh. <laughs> Your first celebrity crush. Um. Pamela Anderson. Cracking choice. Great choice. <laughs> <laughs> Your go-to karaoke song. Oh, um, uh, Meatloaf, I'll do anything for, for love. I would love to Very hear true. a sang in an Irish accent. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, who would play me? Um, um, I'm, I'm going to say Michael Fassbender with tattoos. Oh, I could see that. Great choice. Great choice. And last one, a piece of advice that you would give to the younger version of yourself. <laughs> People are cunts. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd known that then. <laughs> I think that's my favourite answer that anyone's ever yeah, given. Nothing's going to top that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. That was fun. <laughs> Fucking beautiful. Baz, this has been amazing, my friend. I really enjoyed this. But before we get out of here, is there anything you want to plug? Any socials, any websites, anything, just wherever you can send people? Um, so just I'll I'll plug my my new feature film. It's called Dublin Crust, and I describe it, it's like train spotting meets the commitments and has an illegitimate love child with the full Monty. So watch out for that Great. one. That's what I'm working on. Um, social media wise uh, basically Baz Black you'll get me on any of the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook just put in the name and like I said that brand just put in the name and you'll find me along the way um, and yeah it's been an absolute pleasure and just from, from you guys like I, I do a lot of these things and this is the most natural you know authentic one that I've done because the questions just weren't like the usual questions and I, I was able to talk a lot freer so Thanks a million for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. I really love appreciate it. that, mate. We love it. Thank you so much. It's been a genuine pleasure. Loved it. And uh, yeah, I, I was going to make a job where I was like, so why have you got tattoos on your face now? I'm joking. Yeah. regrets it. Seriously, man, thank you so much again. Have a great rest of the day, evening, whatever you've got left. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll speak soon. Deadly. Thanks a million, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks very much, mate. Take care, man. Great. Care, man. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey there, I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for the audio drama feed. Featuring such audio dramas as Bounty Hunters, Marty and Mars, Val Toby, and so much more. You can find all of these wonderful programs on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can go to our website at www.audiodramafeed.com. We are thrilled to be affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie.